Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 346 of Linux in the Hampshire, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. And tonight is our long topic episode, but our long topic is going to be a roundtable chat discussion between the hosts and some of our listeners, and we're going to try and focus on projects, either recent, past, current, or soon-to-be that we're all working on or have worked on, and just kind of see what kind of technology we're using whether it's amateur radio or open source or both, or maybe even something else. Maybe Hutch has a new uh, cooking project or something he can talk about. But So we're going to talk about projects, and the folks who are going to do that talking about projects are the usual hosts. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. And let's see if we can bring in the folks we have in the live mumble chat with us tonight um some of them are experiencing some internet issues so may have some weird audio issues but we'll see what happens at the top of the list by call sign is hutch k9kjn so let's see if you're uh, able to say hello at least uh, hello everyone i uh, hope i uh, hope i'm getting through okay yeah it's a little bit choppy but we understood you so kind of like doing amateur radio. <laughs> so sounded uh, like DMR. <laughs> yeah, not quite as bad as DMR, but yeah. Maybe when you're at the signal edge on DMR. Uh we also have with us tonight Don, KB2YSI. You hear that call sign all the time on the show when uh, we talk about who's in the chat room. But he's here live tonight. So how's it going, Don? Going good. Very good. Good to have you here. Uh then we have Dan. KF5TQN. How's it going with you tonight? Going well. How about yourself? Well, can't complain too much, or at least trying not to. And nobody would listen anyway. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> true. They'd probably leave the room. And then we also have Tony, KM4HSD, all the way from 70 miles off the west coast of California. How's it going, Tony? Ah, doing good, doing good. Got, got the food finished up, so I'm comfortable now. <laughs> okay, good deal. I know you're working on all kinds of stuff over there, especially antenna projects. So hopefully you can give us a little insight into what's going on over there. Um, I've been working on a couple of things. I don't know if Bill's been working on anything. We can start with Bill. Bill, what have you been working on other than uh, trying to buy a motorcycle? Yeah, <laughs> just trying to buy a motorcycle. No, I've been, uh, I've been redoing my, uh, shack desk slash recording area here in the garage, trying to, uh, consolidate everything into one desk so I can actually reach everything instead of having to run to one side of the, you know, a 
it's about like a 10 or 12 foot uh, table area I have here. <laughs> I'm trying to reduce it down to a six foot table area. And I, I got the shelf in place where I have all the monitors and computers kind of up on uh, top of it. And then I got a nice big open area at the desk level for the rigs, which I haven't plugged back in yet, but I have started getting them all off and uh, dusting them off and stuff like that. So uh, getting excited to plug all that stuff back in and then uh, take a look at my powering issue here. I got uh, AC power kind of just strewn about. <laughs> See if I can get a better, uh, better managed powering uh, on the AC side and maybe decide uh, if I can maybe get rid of one of these monitors here because I still have four on the desk and I think I can reduce it down to three. So, uh, so yeah, most of mine's been just uh, working on the ergonomics of of everything here. Nothing, uh, nothing new being built or uh, put in, uh, but I am hoping to get. At least, uh, at least two HF radios kind of going simultaneously, um, which would be nice uh, just in general to kind of have that so I can have one flipped over to maybe six meters kind of monitoring while I have the other one doing uh, HF tasks and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, enjoying the uh, enjoying the barrier. Got that all set up now because it's, uh, you know, I don't have monitors five foot away from me that I'm trying to control. And uh, that's one of those uh, cool pieces of software. I think we've mentioned it a few times, but uh, it's a great little KVM piece of software that allows you to set up one of your boxes as the server, and then every other box is a client, and you use the server's mouse and keyboard for all of them. And you just basically set up where they are um, in, uh, in the configuration on the server, and then as they come online, you can just drag your mouse over to the edge of the right of the screen, like mine from the main monitors all to the right. And so I'm on my Mac right now, and I scroll to the right. Oh, now I'm on the Linux box, and I keep on going, and oh, I'm on the Raspberry Pi 4. So, uh, yeah, it's quite uh, quite a cool piece of software. It's uh, open source. It was forked from, uh, what was that, Synergy or something Synergy, like that? Synergy, yep. Yeah, Synergy, and uh, it's well-maintained and uh, and actively maintained. So uh, if you have a lot of multi-monitor set up and you want to get rid of some of the keyboards, uh, it's, a, it's a great piece of software to kind of try out. Yep. While you're trying to consolidate monitors, I've been adding them. So I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I added You're like 20 on your station now, right? <laughs> no, only four, only four. I, I'm basically out of room for monitors at this point, so I'd have to, like, build shelving Although this desk actually has a shelving segment that is not attached to it currently, because if it was, it would, be it would, it the would block the window. Yeah. <laughs> so I left that part out, and that's the part where actually the radios are. And it's nice because I can sit and look at the front of my radios and out the window at the same time. So it feels like I'm part of nature or something. Aww. But yeah, I've been using Barrier since I found it because, like, up to i think it was like 1.6 or something synergy was open source and then they closed source it and then 1.8.8 is like the latest version or maybe there's a newer one after that but they want money for it and so now barrier is the open source version of it again and the free version and it, it definitely works like a charm i mean i've got all linux in my scenario here but i could actually link it up with my mac across the room and be kind of weird to be operating uh from 10 feet away but <laughs> <laughs> it becomes quite a challenge i can tell you <laughs> 
it does it does allow you to exactly sort of uh set up how all the monitors are arranged so you can literally say if you've got if you've got like two on the left one over the other and one in the middle and one on the right then you can you can set them up exactly in that configuration so the mouse movement is natural so yeah. it's cool i like it and i like the yeah. fact that it's free again <laughs> it's free yeah there's a there's also one called like windows without borders or something like that i think uh tony yeah. put it mouse without tony borders. Mentioned, yeah yeah mouse without borders i've used that before in the windows world and i think it's all the same it's all the same software i, I think the even the configuration window looks very much the same so it's probably all the underlying stuff from uh, synergy days everybody just forked their own copy and now they'll have their own branded copy but yeah barrier is the the one that that we'll use it's it's pretty good indeed i actually have uh you were mentioning uh having two hf radios on at the same time i can do that right now but i have to go out and hook up the uh beam again because every time they come over to mow the yard i have to disconnect the beam <laughs> Oh, well, while you have a disconnect, you can put that six meter, uh, six meter dealy up. Yeah, but then I've got to crank it all the way down. I've got to lower it. Then I've got to put the thing on. And then I've got to, well, I don't know. One of these days I may do that. Uh, I'll do it before the season's over. <laughs> <laughs> six, six was open again today. Really big. Well, that's good. I, yeah, I, I want to do some six meter work. I guess I just need to get my ass in gear and go do that. It really wouldn't take that much effort to crank the tower down. Just have to get my power drill out again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> crank the thing down. I'm gonna actually have to get some like white, some some grease or something for it this time, though, so I don't have to watch all the metal shavings fly off at this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spray that cable down with like lithium grease or something like no, that. No, it's not the cable. It's the the worm gear that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like it's gonna destroy itself or anything, but it it probably needs some lube. <laughs> <laughs> we all need lube from time to time and don't go too far with that so the power operated tower has to be the best kind of tower of all well yeah if you can afford that sort of thing sure well no all you need is a cordless drill well that's that's exactly <laughs> what i'm talking about that's what i've been using there's a the the five eighths inch nut at the center of the the manual crank handle yeah and i've got like four or five of them around here yeah, it works like a charm. Puts that 30 feet in the air in a jiff. <laughs> so, uh, so what else you got going on, Bill? Anything other than uh, reorganizing your space? Well, that's pretty much it, uh, you know, ham radio-wise and open source-wise. Uh, like, I, I did work on those videos. I still have to do the voiceovers because the computer I recorded on is not the one I record audio with. <laughs> So I have the files. I just haven't done anything. And I am going to have a, uh, I have a ghost BSD, uh, get your ham radio ready on tap too. So that's already done. The video is already done. And I was quite surprised that you could get a uh, ghost BSD running, uh, with some software that's already in the repo and have an adequate little station, uh, going with that. So, uh, if you're a BSD fan, I, I suppose, uh, you're all set. Maybe you'll have to continue Rich's series and do another episode of BSD in the Ham Shack. Yeah. We'll just let, we'll let you do it. You can do it all by yourself. <laughs> yeah, nobody else wants to, but yeah. <laughs> yeah that's pretty so cool. We, so we know you haven't been, uh, been uh, putting up a six meter antenna. So what have you been wasting your time with? I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, focusing your time on. What? Like 
you reorganizing your shack space is a good use of your, well, it probably is, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have rebuilt my IRLP node. I was originally using an ICOM IC2100H, which required some weird soldering to get the COS out of the radio because it's not exposed in any reasonable fashion. Some radios, you know, expose carrier operated squelch on their accessory ports or even through the, you know, RJ45 or whatever kind of mic connection they have. The IC2100H is not one of those. So I actually had to solder onto the panel board, the front panel board, to uh, get that signal out. I think in doing that, I caused some kind of other issue with the radio. So, because uh, <laughs> I, I have very li- little solder foo. So, um, since I got my new radio, uh, the FTM 100 DR, which we talked about in the Yezu episode a couple of weeks ago, that freed up the radio I was using in my shack, which is a TMG 707A from Kenwood. It's an older radio. I don't remember when they first came out, but it's a long time ago. It's old enough that it does not do DCS. So, you know, whatever vintage that is. However, the... It's going to be pretty old. Yeah. I have an old 2570 here, and it, it has a tone board, and we'll do all that. <laughs> well, it does CTCSS, just not DCS. So... Oh, well, it might not do that. That's true. So that radio got freed up. And in looking at the specs on that radio, I discovered that the six pin accessory port on it exposes COS. And I was like, oh, well, that's going to make things really easy. So I got my connector. I already had a connector that goes to my Tigertronics uh, signal link. And I figured, well, I'll just borrow that. I'll uh, put a RJ45 extender on it to bare wire, wire it up, and you know, it should make it super easy. Well, uh, it should have made it super easy. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out that I couldn't get the connections right no matter how hard I tried. I had every kind of like matrix like trying to figure out how it would work. Nothing I could figure out worked. So basically I took the Tigertronics cable, I cut the RJ45 on it. I exposed the bare wires, wired it up, you know, hardwired it onto the IRLP board and got everything working except there was no transmit audio. And I was like, I have this thing wired exactly right. There's no transmit audio. There has to be some stupid issue here. <laughs> and there was. Uh, it was a wetware issue um, <laughs> where um, I had not followed the cabling through from the other side of the connector on the IRLP board, which is a DB9. And I had in my matrix of wiring connections that the TX audio should go from black to green. Well, when I followed the wires through to the other end of the cable, there was no green. <laughs> so oh, no. uh, when I actually figured out that that wire was black, not green, then uh, I put black to black and it worked like a champ. So I got all that stuff and that allowed me to sort of consolidate the cabling down quite a bit because with the other radio i had to have a a cable connected to the mic or to the speaker jack and then i had to have that hardwired wire and then i had to have other stuff connected to the rj45 
And this allowed me to do everything, all five connections on that one connector to the, to the mini DIN six. So that made the, the cabling really, really easy. And it actually allowed me to put all of the components of the IRLP node into the box that I had originally bought for it. So it could be like a portable node. The box exposes the ethernet connection, the power connector, and an SO239, so you can attach any kind of antenna to it you want. And it's basically a um, you know, 10 by 12 project box, and the whole thing is now self-contained. So you plug 12 volts into it, uh, a, a data connection of some kind, and screw an antenna onto it, and you have an instant IRLP node. And that actually works the way I wanted it to. And I want to thank uh, Jim publicly, VE5EV, because he's like the only other person I know who has an IRLP, IRLP node. And he uh, tested it for me, or we had a communication after I got the whole <laughs> thing put together to confirm that it was working properly. So all that's good. IRLP node is exactly the way I want it. And now that I've got it working, I'm trying to figure out how to set up All-Star Link. So that'll be the next project. And I'm not sure if I'm going to try and go the route where All-Star Link, IRLP, and Echo Link are all in the same box, or they're all separate. So I'm working that out, but that's that's sort of where I'm at now. So that TMG707 really sort of saved my bacon on the project. And now I have an ICOM IC2100 that I have no use for. So <laughs> might be uh, eBay and that puppy. Help fund more connectors. Yeah, more, yeah. <laughs> and solder. <laughs> I, I might make enough on that to buy the connector cable that I need for the All Star Link. So, or you can just trade for one, right? <laughs> uh, maybe if I can find somebody who's got the, uh, the the places that build the cables for All Star Link don't seem to be the the trading types, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're all built sort of quasi commercially. Ah, uh, but yeah. At least with All Star Link, it, the the connectivity is a lot easier. So I could I could easily use my TMG seven hundred seven. And there are there are lots of projects that mention how to put all of these things together. So if I get all three of those digital technologies on one node using one Raspberry Pi and one radio, that would be kind of cool. And then, Tony says he'll make you a cable. Okay. Well, I might have to take <laughs> you up on that, Tony. We'll see. Done. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll talk. We'll talk offline. Uh, so, but anyway, that's that's next up, All Star Link, and that will give me access to I think all of the technologies except for D Star. That's that's the only one I'm lacking. So, and I've basically said, you know, screw it to D Star. So, <laughs> I guess you'll, you'll never find me on D Star unless something bizarre happens. But yeah, if you ever win that radio. Exactly right. <laughs> then you might be forced to. If, if somebody if somebody puts a D seventy one in my hand or something like that, then then I'll be on D star. But until then, yeah. Okay, well that's what I'm working on. Uh, I got the the Azu System Fusion and the Wires X all set up, and I've been on a couple of nets and stuff like that on Fusion, and been just sort of using it. But there's not really much to talk about there. Um, not building anything. Not reorganizing my shack or anything like that i think i think i'm to a point where i'm comfortable with operating right now so let's move on from me to someone else who has a project they're working on tony i know you do but you're you're always working on some sort of antenna project (laughs) yep (laughs) anything really interesting 
you can tell us about that's not like uh you know secret military secret or anything like that <laughs> uh i'm waiting on some paperwork so i can climb that one tower i sent to, to y'all that log periodic we've got uh that's gonna be my next big project i just gotta wait for some paperwork allowing me to climb it to fix it so that's gonna be the big one probably here in the next month or so all right what do you, i mean do you do you use that stuff personally or is it just sort of like accessible to you after you've done whatever it is you need to do with it? Well, I've decommed the transmitters and receivers hooked up to them. Therefore it's readily available for me to use as a, as I wish, uh, cause there's nothing else connected that actually works. It's all, it's all kind of gave up the ghost. So, uh, got a little 10 tech put up there on it. So it, it's got a tuner for six, six to one sixty, Um, but at that, periodic also goes down to two meters so i hadn't, hadn't played with that yet but uh, i'm working on it well you've also been talking about doing um 1.25 centimeter soda which is a <laughs> odd thing no which i think you're the only one <laughs> yeah i would i would kind of agree with that right now uh, <laughs> CQ, five CQ. watts across the water <laughs> should be all right but uh i didn't do the best planning in the last try so uh i was trying i was going to try it again sunday that didn't work out i had to work uh so maybe this weekend we got a holiday weekend i'll put some posts up on message boards and whatnot there uh i've got a um uh, collinear that i built for for uh uh, 14652 and I'm just going to modify the measurements a little bit see if I can get that built up for uh, what is it 223500 I think is the calling on uh, to, on 220 so I might try to get that built up prior to like Sunday and try again alright well <clears throat> whenever we do this again you can tell us about your wonderful successes at activating whatever peak that is on uh, 220 <laughs> yes hope so and so you're you're doing this with a, a new toy too, right? Oh, that's right, the new radio. You got that like three days ago or something. Yeah, that's the uh, Kenwood DHDT. What is it? Seventy four Alpha. Uh, nice little radio, but uh, I don't know. It's a uh, yeah. The software that <laughs> that you can download for it is nice. You can put frequencies in, but you can only do about half the programming you need to. And I think that's kind of kind of bogus i don't know i may get the rt system software and see if it does any better but um you can you can program in the frequency um it does d star but you can't tell the channel that it's actually d star you can just tell what the frequency then when you go in you got to hit a menu seven or something like that button to switch from analog to, to digital mode so that's ah, kind of disappointing yeah i've noticed some freaky behavior out of my ftm 100 dr2 when it's dealing with the system fusion like for example if you go into, if you're scanning like your frequencies and then you decide, oh, I want to connect to wires X. Well, when you go into wires X, it, you know, you do whatever you want to do. And then when you come out of wires X, it's in VFO mode instead of memory mode. And it always does that. I, I, uh, yeah. As I recall, my 400 does the same thing. Once I come out of wires X mode, it goes into VFO mode. So I don't know why they would do that, but my 400 does exactly the same thing. Yeah, it seems dumb. It seems like it should go into the mode you were in before you went into X, but that's just me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's just a button push, but it also means you have to be paying attention because I have uh, I have scan start programmed into the mic, so having to go back to the radio to switch into memory mode is kind of a pain in the ass, but, you know, it is what it is, I guess. All right. That's always something. <laughs> yeah, I know. Always something to complain about, even though I had nothing to complain about earlier. 
Um, so we got a couple of other folks here on the chat. Maybe we can talk to them about what they got going on. Don, KB2YSI, what kind of projects have you been working on or are you planning on working? Oh, there's always a laundry list of projects. Uh, one that I posted in the chat is a custom-made um, audio mic and push-to-talk cable for my satellite setup. Um, you know, when you, like Bill was talking about being in monitor hell, um, I w- I've, I've been in wires hell um, with this setup. I got uh, headset cable and push-to-talk cable going here and there, and then, you know, you've got the two different radios, so you've got coax going everywhere, and um, it just gets to the point, right, when you say enough's enough, and I think I know how to solve this, and I'm going to do it. So uh, I'm trying to reuse um, some, you know, standard Ethernet cables since... Handy, handy the back end of the 7100 um, to get the mic in, in the push to talk into uh, uses an RJ45. I'm sure that all of us have a few dozen or more <laughs> spare RJ45 cables laying around that you don't want anymore. Um, so I'm just trying to work out the best way to, you know, use the, the standard color codes so that I can dissect the cable and then potentially make two of these that I need for out of one cable since I put my my D74 on the end of my arrow which I use for receive so you've got audio <clears throat> coming out of that but I put use my push talk button up there to key up my IC7100 that I've got in a in a bag so I need the mic going into that with the push to talk going into the transmitter radio but the audio coming from the other one so I've got um, you know, signals going, one signal going all the way through the cable, and two of them sort of crossing each other. <laughs> it's 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 been an interesting thing. Um, I think I'm the only person in AMSAT that's using a 7100 on the satellite, so um, it's not too too surprising. It's not not the greatest setup, but uh, hey, I've made it work and have a whole lot of fun when I'm not cursing my own setup. Yeah, and on that one, you can't uh, hear yourself while you're transmitting, I'm assuming. That's why you have to have the second radio. Ah, correct. Yeah, I I actually had, and I just sold a D72A, um, the FM full duplex radio. I just didn't like it. Um, I, I just didn't like the way that the setup all worked. And it, it was a lot to do with cable hell, because you have an external recorder. So you've got a headphone splitter an external recorder that now you've got to put somewhere. Um, I couldn't use my headset with the boom mic, which is awesome. Um, yeah, you know, if I had unlimited money, I'd just buy a 9700 or one of the older <laughs> 910s or 810s or uh, possibly a TS-2000. Um, I'm not sure exactly how much all of those ones weigh, but... Um, not to say that my IC7100 with a battery and a, a pack is necessarily light by any stretch of the imagination, but. <laughs> well, the 9700s are light. <laughs> I've held one before, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't own, I, I don't own one yet. <laughs> yeah, it, they're, um, yeah, I, we just bought a house back uh, last uh, July, so we, <laughs> 
I, I went from almost being ready to, to buy one to, yeah, I don't have any money now. So, <laughs> um, I, through happenstance, I, I just bought, or I didn't buy it. I, I won it, um, which was an FTDX 1200. Um, oh yeah. That's a nice HF rig. Um, it's, you know, um, it was free, so it's great. Um, I've been, I've been actually using it to do, uh, it's got a built in CW decoder. So I've got my key hooked up to that and I, I practice my sending on that and watch the display to be like, did I actually send it correctly? Um, more than not, it tells me that I screwed up. So, um, <laughs> it's, it's been great, but that's the rig that I, uh, I, I made my, my only FTA contact with, with Russ on. There you go. <laughs> so talk a little bit about the satellites. What, what do you do on the satellites? What's your thing? I know you, you do that more than I think almost anything, but what's, what's your interest there? So I'm sure most people probably have heard of the, like the Fred fish Memorial award, um, pretty much to do the lower, um, the lower 48 States with the 488 grid squares, um, that make up the, that cover the continental U S which is actually wrong. There's like a couple that they didn't get included. Anyways, there's the same thing on, um, on the, satellites so you just try you know and it it's much harder to make satellite contacts when nobody lives somewhere right so um we do a lot of roving um where i'm sure people know on contesting you do roving but um satellite operators aren't going to live everywhere um you know it's a hobby within a hobby type of thing so um all of my satellites uh work is portable um, I use my two radios or two radios is what I've always used. Um, and with, the the D74A and the IC7100, I can do FM, uh, all three FM birds, well, f- yeah, three, four FM birds that are up all of the, um, s- sideband birds. And if we actually get any of digipeters that I can access from up here. Um, I would be able to do those also with, uh, via the APRS on the, the Kenwood there. Um, so I do everything man portable. Um, I have an arrow, uh, that's just the, the, the dual, uh, Yagi, the little Leo antenna they have. And so I'll, I'll pack it with me everywhere. Um, when I went out to VM world last August, so really last August already. Um, yeah, wow. Um, time really flies. Um, in San Francisco, I took it with me. I took that and two handhelds. Um, I didn't bother trying to pack the 7,100 and I went out and activated, I don't even remember, was it, was that CN 87? I think it is, um, for San Francisco. Um, so you, you have to kind of get yourself out of the house. Um, like here in, uh, central New York, we've got a lot of trees. So having a good sight line is actually very difficult to find. Um, I only really know of one place that I have relatively good sight lines in say a 360 degree, 
um, where most of my places are like I'll know it's like oh this pass is going to be to the you know coming from the it's going to be mostly southern so I'm going to go over here because I got a really good southern view from close to my house or uh, it's coming up to the north um, and I'm trying to work into Europe so I got to go get one that's got a northeast um, a good view to the northeast so and I move around uh, quite a bit I'm I've got like a personal goal to activate all of the FN grids up here that cover New York State. Um, it, not as prolific as uh, some of the guys out there, but uh, I do what I can. Oh, that's really cool. I don't I don't hear a lot about satellite work or anything like that. I know there are lots of people who do it, and they're they're avid about it, or it seems to be when it's something that captures their interest, but. Casual amateur radio operators don't seem to attempt satellite communications that often, but you seem to be uh, quite deep into it. Yeah, and so the, I like I remember back when I got my license, um, you know, and it was that mystique of the satellites. Um, and Bill probably can talk to more about working the birds back in the the nineties. Um, the setups were much different, right? So there was a lot of ten meter and two meter. Uh, operations where now with all of the, the, the two Fox satellites and SO50, uh, PO101, they're two meter and 70 centimeters. So the gear is in setups are much smaller, right? They're pretty much easier to get. Um, you can buy, um, and I, I always get the, the model wrong. It's one of the ice, it's an IC20. 28 31 23 85 i don't remember <laughs> i always get the, the model wrong it's it's their it's icom's current um you know two uh dual band mobile that doesn't have d star in it um just so you help you out there russ um <laughs> but it is full duplex so you can you know and it's under 300 dollars and it's going to push way more power than you'll ever need or well that you should ever need on an <laughs> FM. It won't satellite. stop people from using, using no, my power. Exactly. Um, I'm going to use a gain antenna with all the power I have. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let's, let's, I'm going to, I got 36 elements on two meters. I'm going to throw a 500 Watts at it. Cause I want to be the loudest up there. Um, <laughs> and you don't, you only need five Watts, 10 Watts max on almost any of these birds um there's people that work uh ao 27 no ao7 sorry can just combine two satellites there ao7 um the zombie sat with um the five or eight 17s eight 18s they're five watts um and they've work down to you know negative uh elevations at some points um, many thousands of kilometers. Um, I worked, um, K zero FFY when he was in Iceland on that bird. Um, and it, it's amazing what you can do, um, on a traditional, you know, with equipment that you normally only can talk to, if you're lucky to the a local repeater, uh, most handhelds, unless you live on, in the shadow of a repeater, you're not going to really use, um, a handheld to, to do that. But, um, yeah, the 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 arrow 
and the elks are pretty common um little leos you know and it, they're good because they don't have a ton of gain so you're yes they're directional but they don't have to be pinpoint accurate um it's going to change probably quite a bit once uh once we get up to the the gigahertz um AO92 can do uh, 1.2 up on a schedule. I think right now there's, uh, I don't remember, I think they're still doing Wednesdays right now. Um, so there's some experimentation in there too, um, which is kind of interesting. When AO85 was up, people on Wednesdays would push, uh, Was it, it was one of the TV um, signals through it. I don't, I don't remember if it was um slow scan or fast scan or what it was yeah that's really interesting i was looking at the arrow antennas while you're talking about it you know satellite's one of the things i haven't really tried so i'd love to do it sometime and the radio looks like the ic2730a so yeah this sounds about right it's the i think it's their only 2000 line that they're selling at the moment well they have a 2300h apparently mm. that's yeah, a two meter so. only so two meter only. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's the twenty seven thirty A. That's the current uh, dual bander. So. Like I said, I always forget every time I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go. What is that again? And I have to go to their site to find it or something because <laughs> I forget it every single time. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. The I liked it. The old birds where you know you two meters up and ten meters down, and you didn't really need well directional antenna help, but you didn't have to have any type of azimuth type elevation. <laughs> You could you could pretty much hit them with the with the horizontal, and I, I worked them quite often with that. So, and here, of course, you know, I have to go stand on top of the the rims to get any type of line of sight around the horizon because of uh, you know the rugged terrain here in Montana. So, one day I might get back into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the the key. So, like, if you don't, if someone's out there that really would want to take. Um, a dive into using like a, a rotor setup you can if i and i might be off on these exact numbers i believe they said you can hook them hook a a relatively low gain yagi and cock it at about 30 degrees i believe it was um and you specifically want low gain yagis you don't want any super long ones because you don't want the lobes to be you know super pinpoint um, and you can just use a regular um, rotator. Um, you'll get about 80% of the passes that will come over your house. Um, you'll be on it. The chances that it, you d the chances of getting a, a 90 degree pass, so right above you, is so minuscule. Um, you might get one a week from any one of the birds. Um, other than the Kaz birds, those ones are kind of strange. Um, they're, they kind of go more directionally, uh, west east cause they're, uh, Chinese birds. So they want to cover all of China, um, multiple times a day. Um, whereas most of the other satellites kind of more go like a, you know, south, south to north, north to south, um, orientation. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'll yeah. have to get back into that. That's uh <laughs> AO7 was actually not too long ago was they sort of had it somehow they had it scheduled that it was going to be in your 10 meter, two meter mode. Um, and I forget what they, what 
that mode is now. So they, they changed it so it's no longer J mode or whatever. It's uh, would be like UV mode for um, 70 centimeters and two meters. Um, so I don't know what that was, but there there was people that were out experimenting trying to make it happen again. Yeah, and I, I hear there's eventually going to be an HF to HF bird too. So <clears throat> I think it's like a 15 to 10 or something like that. Yeah, there's also there's some pretty interesting stuff that's uh, coming up, um, and it, it would be really cool to uh, have uh, the uh, was it QO one hundred? Yeah, the like one Atari that sits one. over top of a yeah, yeah sits the over top geostationary. Of a... It'd be amazing to to try working that thing um, and. You know, never not having to say when's a pass coming, but just knowing that there's a pass because it's not a pass; it's just sitting out there. Um, but it's the like multiple, having a repeater in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the multiple voice channels they've got going. I think they were talking about pushing video through it. Um, digital voice. Uh, you know, having something like that is is just amazing. And the footprints ridiculous from you know the eastern side of brazil all the way through um the philippines thailand malaysia it's <laughs> everywhere but here <laughs> yeah <laughs> well maybe they'll put one up yeah, someday that, that covers here who knows all right well that's cool that's really interesting you don't hear a lot about and we don't talk really a lot about satellite work so definitely interesting to hear about satellite projects so we haven't talked to hutch let's see if hutch is uh communications are better right now <laughs> hello can uh can you hear me all okay um a little yeah. broken but we'll, we'll work with it so uh what projects are you working on other than trying to uh, repair damage and and any other things that are going on in your world out there well i basically lost all my antennas in the last so uh, Nature's given me a chance to uh, do a clean, uh, clean reinstall of everything. I lost some computers, some electronic equipment. Uh, lost my well. I just got her back, which is a good thing here. It's always good to take a shower. And uh, so it's uh, it's sort of a, a brand new day here. Uh, just kind of rebuild everything. So what do you feel like will be the first thing you get back on the air or, or back together since you're starting from ground zero? Well, I'd like to uh, get my dipole back up. I'm going to put up my four-meter dipole that lost in the the last storm. Uh, in fact, I lost two. I lost one at the restaurant in Mooresville and one out here in Gosworth. Uh, so I want to get my uh, dipoles back up and uh, go from there. All right. Well, you have a lot to accomplish, I guess, if you got wiped out as, as hard as it sounds like you did, which is unfortunate, but... The chances of you having to deal with that ever again are probably pretty small. I guess that's a a little bit of light <laughs> in the in that tunnel. That's true. And also, I might uh, put something in my truck. Uh, I haven't really decided yet. I've got an old Yezu laying around. I might just decide to go mobile here. Well, there you go. Going mobile. I'd play the song, except it's copyrighted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, that's good. Good to hear that things are coming back around and that you might have a nice fresh clean start and try try doing some more work work or maybe more indifferent work and uh, otherwise just getting back on the air it's always a good thing 
So we also have Dan, KF5TQN. What kind of projects are in your world right now? Well, with the upcoming uh, uh, hurricane season, especially since we've had the first name storm, I'm going to have to go in and do a comprehensive radio plan uh, for the local Red Cross chapter and try and get all the radios all programmed where they have all the same channel numbers across all the UHF, VHF uh, radios. Well, why would you want to do a crazy thing like that? <laughs> because MCOM Oxcom is a thing. <laughs> and it helps to be able to tell people, oh, go to channel 23. Fair enough. Uh, anything yeah, else? the big problem with that is uh, trying to get uh, Red Cross to allow my own personal uh, laptop uh, internet access through their network because they don't want to do that and they also don't want to give me admin privileges until oops <laughs> what on earth <laughs> all right so red cross has operations in two two different modes blue skies which is normal day-to-day -day, uh things like fires uh, and gray skies which is you know storms earthquakes fires that sorts of thing and uh during those conditions uh, regular IT for the uh, for the uh, organization takes a back seat uh, to the DST Disaster Services Technology, and me, I'm Disaster Services Technology lead for the capital area here in Louisiana. So I wind up trying to wrangle all the uh, cats and uh, get everything lined up when uh, things drop into the pot. So, yeah, I'm trying to do a little work in, uh, ahead of time so that I have uh, a lot less scrambling to do uh, when uh, things turn bad. Well, that's good that you're working on your preparedness and making sure that you can deliver MCOM services when they're needed. Are you doing anything fun project-wise? Um, well, uh, don't know if anybody's heard of the uh, Ham Radio Workbench podcast. Uh, but I recently bought uh, a set of the Benchduino boards and placed an order with uh, DigiKey uh, for all the bits and bobs that go on it. Uh, waiting for those to come in, and then I have a fun couple of days of soldering head and uh, having a bit of fun at that. Other than that, uh Got a Ford truck that I'm going to try and persuade uh, that the transmission for the next year's version of the truck belongs in this uh, year. <laughs> well, I don't envy you trying to retrofit a transmission. I've, I've been through that a couple of times myself. I haven't actually had to do one, but I've watched other people do it. And I'm watching another guy right now drop um i think a c6 into a chevy s10 yeah so well, the mechanical part is actually going to be the easy part the hard part is the going in there and convincing the computer that this is what belongs there right yep programming <laughs> the the existing transmission that was in there they decided was garbage because they kept blowing up 
and as of such they don't make them anymore they don't make parts for them anymore you can order a rebuilt one for only about twice as much as the truck costs right now so yeah fun on a bun just buy another truck <laughs> actually uh i am kind of <laughs> looking at some uh uh some used uh ambulances uh for a work truck uh, that I might be able to uh, enhance also will allow me to make a Radio Shack on the go. There you go. Little little MCOM vehicle. Yeah, we went to uh, having the uh, the repeater, you know, the programming cards for uh, all the MCOM members here. That way, all the radios are programmed the same, and you know, it makes it super easy for people to switch around, especially when you're doing events and stuff like that. You know, to go to channel six or you know whatever, and uh, you don't have to say, okay, we're going to be on the eight eight machine, we're going to be on the six three six machine, we're going to be on this, you know, <laughs> or we're going to be on simplex. Um, yeah, definitely. If uh, that's a great, great thing for uh, various groups to to do and coordinate their area, and it's probably not a bad thing for clubs to do anyway for all the repeater, you know, activity and stuff like that. If they have lots of repeaters in the area and stuff. Yeah, like I said, the uh, was saying in the chat, the uh, the one thing that uh, uh, got to me was uh, uh, last year was trying to program the ICOM that we have there. Uh, it's one of the early uh, D-Star radios, and the original ICOM program was a DOS program, and it's unobtainium completely these days, and uh, uh, trying to get it to sync with Chirp is an exercise in frustration at the uh, minimum, even though it does work, technically. All right. Well, sounds like fun time to be had. <laughs> what on earth is that? <laughs> Got your notifications coming through your soundboard. <laughs> Whoopsie, that's me, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the time from my phone. Uh, let me go ahead and... Uh... <laughs> well, it, it came on at, a re at like a really interesting time. The first time you were talking, it was almost like you, you bleeped yourself, but... <laughs> Yeah, um, it's that that new uh, uh, thing with uh, KDE where you can patch in uh, a cell phone and get audio in and out it, uh, is 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 spectacular these days. Yeah, it's well, yeah, I haven't I haven't played with that. But I saw that feature when it came out, and I was like, oh, yeah, I want to try it, but I hate KDE so much. <laughs> <laughs> Oh come on! I know you're a KDE fan. You're playing with every other thing, Bill. So I mean, you're even in the Ghost BSD. So surely you could fire up a KDE distribution. Uh, I guess I could. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not as a daily driver, I don't think. I don't know. Come on! I've got 83 virtual desktops. <laughs> I don't need any more desktops. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I know. Don't don't need any more stuff to look at. That's the thing. One just, more. I need more RAM is what I need. 64 gigs isn't enough. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> wow. I just upgraded my Shack PC today to eight. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. All right. So if anybody in the chat, the, the text chat has a project they want to mention, please do. And if anybody has any other projects or anything that they want to talk about who are here with us live in the mumble, Feel free to uh, bring them up now. 
Otherwise, we do have a couple of pieces of feedback that we should probably get to. But I don't want to leave anybody out, especially if they have something that might be of interest to listeners that they're working on or have worked on recently. The chat room is like digging deep, looking for something to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, while we're, while we're waiting for people to bring up some other topics, let me get to the chat room or not the chat room. Let me get to the feedback. We do have a voicemail and this is from rich k zero eb and we'll let this play unfortunately for the folks in the mumble you will not be able to hear it because of reasons um but everybody else will be able to hear it i suppose if you pop up the stream real quick wherever you're at you'll be able to hear it but in the meantime i'll go ahead and play this it's about a minute and 45 seconds long so we'll just sit here and uh either listen or not listen anyway this is a voicemail from rich k zero eb hi guys this is miss Mr. Gordon, K0EP, and I just thought I'd mention a uh, open source video conferencing solution. It's called Jitsi, J I T S I, Jitsi.org. It's where you can find out all about it. It um, works uh, just like Zoom, I guess. I've never used Zoom, <laughs> but it um, it doesn't require registration. And it uh, doesn't require the installation of software if you're using a desktop. There is an Android app and an iOS app for the phones. There's some limitation about sharing the microphone, so there needs to be an app. But um, it's really easy to create a room. My local radio club uh, had the, our last meeting using Jitsi. We had about a dozen people check in, and it worked great. It was uh, it's really nice. We actually – oh, and it also has call-in numbers. So if somebody, you know, doesn't have Internet for whatever reason, they can call in and listen in, and we actually had a member do that. But you can also share your desktop, um, and there's other features as well, chat room, uh, hand-waving, <laughs> and other junk like that. All right. Thanks for all the shows. That's great. Seven three. All right. And that was Rich K0EB with a note about Jitsi. And that answers the question, Bill, you brought up earlier about being able to call in. Apparently you can. Sweet. So that looks nice. I'm going to have to see about deploying that on my uh, company droplet. Yeah, it sounds exactly like Zoom because I do a lot of Zoom meetings and there's always a number to call in if you're not. My understanding is right. My understanding is that Jitsi is actually moderately secure, whereas Zoom, Zoom is, is not. not right. <laughs> so sort of secure. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Yeah, <laughs> I said moderately. I didn't want to go all in on that. So uh, let's see what's going on in the chat room now. We have Clear Node All Star. I don't know what that is. Maybe I'll have to look it up. We have Ted saying that the latest version or the newest version of Debian uses GCC version 10, which apparently is causing him hassles with building all of his software. Don KC9ZMY is trying to build a power monitor for his sump pump. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> we're all, we're all working on something, aren't we? It's, <laughs> doesn't even, doesn't always have to be RF. He says he's using split core transformer, reference voltage source, AD 1115. 
And an ESP32. Okay. Sometimes you just need to know uh, how hard the thing is working. Yeah, that's true. Okay, there's I, a link to the Clear Channel All-Star node. Pre-configured Raspberry Pi-based All-Star Echolink node with integrated low-power UHF radio transceiver. Oh, more money. Spend more money. <laughs> so, okay, Another I'll, project. I'll, oh, my God. Yeah, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. I'm, I'm linking everything that's coming up in the chat in the show notes. So all this stuff will be there. I mean, hey, if it's uh, like hitting the easy button, some people want to hit that easy button. It definitely sounds like hitting the easy button for 300 bucks. That's, ex- that's an expensive uh, easy button. That's a- well, <laughs> it generally speaking, uh, ease is inversely proportional to expense. So, <laughs> yeah, Good point. Uh, With the noted exception being Microsoft Windows Server. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, very good. So, anybody here in the live voice chat on Mumble have anything they want to wrap up with before we uh, get ready to go here? We do have a couple more pieces of feedback to get to, but just want to make sure we wrap everything up with a nice little bow before we get out of here. And drop. Gotcha. <laughs> um, I'm copying links in the chat room. <laughs> All right, well, let's do this. Uh, this other feedback here we got on the YouTube video. Let me from- let me do the first one. You can do the second one, just because I want to mention something about it. Sure, go ahead. All right. Well, you're like echoey all of a sudden. Yeah, <laughs> echoey. Oh no, that was weird. I don't know. You've got you've it's got like ambiance. Yeah. you've got some room down there. Anyway, <laughs> uh, these are two bits of feedback. Bill will read the second one, but I'm going to read the first one. Uh, they're from Terry. I didn't bother to check there's probably a call sign associated with terry but i was too lazy to figure out cheryl might be able to google foo it before uh <laughs> we get down to uh, the end here well give me well we'll give you whatever time we got well i've got to get into the etherpad because i've not been in the etherpad so. oh okay yeah so go ahead and bill just decided to get in there too <laughs> yeah yeah that's why i was reading it you know? yeah well I, yeah. I was just like wait i'm not in the etherpad what's, what's anyway that? on one of uh, bill's very fine videos about installing a shack pc using ubuntu there was a comment recently from terry who said tried sudo apt install ham radio dash star for focal fossa got unable to locate package ham radio dash star use sudo apt get install ham radio dash star instead with success and the reason I wanted to pipe in here before Bill read the second one is because I misread his thing. And I said, didn't you, I basically said, didn't you just type the same thing twice? And what I didn't realize is that in the first command, he typed apt. And in the second command, he typed apt get. And what I wanted to mention about this is a, I didn't realize that I sort of read over it as if they were the same thing. And B in my head, they were the same thing, but this is a, note to the wise that they are not the same thing apt is not a synonym for apt get because apt get still uses the non regex syntax and apt does so ah well that's something yes so just keep that in mind and note that while they do essentially the same things they are not the same program and now the follow-up after i screwed up and answered terry Oh, this not sure. Is that what I'm reading? <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's what you're reading. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He says, uh, not sure what you meant by uh, mistyped. I just uh, controlled C, controlled V from the text that you have in the description. And when it didn't work, I uh, control C, control V to the email. Here's the text quoted from your description again. 
blah, blah, blah. It includes all the PPA additions that we had in there. And uh, he says, Bill, please add a dot here before the star. 73, just trying to be helpful to you and anyone who lands here. By the way, love the podcast. Well, thank you very much, Terry. Uh, yeah, that, that version of, uh, of uh, Linux didn't have the problem. That, I think I did that on like 1810 or <laughs> something like that. Um, yeah, the newer version is does have the regex library running on the apt. And uh, that's pretty much all I use now is the apt install instead of the apt-get install. And uh, hopefully if I ever get my uh, get my publish button working, <laughs> actually, it's just putting the audio onto it. I have an updated video for Focal, so uh, there will be a version of the video out going over the same install procedures. And in fact, with Focal, I wouldn't even bother with the PPAs because uh, it looks like all the current versions of WSJTX and CQR log are all set up in there and working uh, just fine for now. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't follow that video anymore for the current version. And, uh, hopefully I'll get that video out here, uh, this week. And, uh, also the video on Ghost BSD. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Ah. Yeah. I'll also have, uh, the Fedora one too. I, I kind of walked away from Fedora after I, I couldn't upgrade my box, uh, locally here from 31 to 32. So I, uh, I, I downloaded the uh, ISO, set up the, uh, set up the VM and, uh, didn't go any further with it from there. So I kind of got distracted by the ghost BSD working. So, uh, so simply, <laughs> so, so yeah, we'll get that new video out and, uh, we'll have all the updated information in there using app. So it does use the syntax for, uh, for regex on those, uh, on those meta tags or wildcard tags. Excellent. And Tony in the chat room says he's going to be doing a video on setting up the ClearNode All-Star link. So if that happens, we'll definitely link to it so everybody can check that out. And he also says Ham Radio Workbench is great. And I haven't listened to Ham Radio Workbench in a while, but yes, we we met up with uh, Jeremy, right? KF7IJZ, who's part of that. Um, And I can't remember who the other one is, but... There will be a link to the Ham Radio Workbench in the show notes. Not that you need it, because all you have to do is Google Ham Radio Workbench, and you'll find it. But, you know, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is George right? K4FSD or something? Kale. Huh? Kale is on the workbench. No, no, he's not. Okay. He used to be. He used yeah. to be. Yeah. yeah, when they were all part of the Ham Radio 360 uh, sort of network. Yeah. But they split off when Kale started doing his other uh, other, stuff. other podcast. Yeah, Kale, stuff, George, yeah. and Jeremy. So. Yeah, Kale started the Ham Radio 360, and then he went on to other things. And while well, actually Ham Radio Workman sort of started while Ham Radio 360 was winding down, and then it split off into its own thing. And I can't remember George's call sign, but I... KJ6VU. KJ6VU. Okay. Although I'm still waiting on the rest of the uh, show about the uh, uh, workbench Raspberry Pi. We did a part one about a month ago, and a pre-COVID disaster, and then... Yeah. Getting around to finishing it up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that, that'll happen. Maybe Rich someday will get around to BSD in the Ham Shack part two. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes things get in the way. I absolutely under, understand 100%. No, no, no one's going to judge here at all. Speaking of such shenanigans, uh, what's up with Chirp? 
you do uh, app, you do uh, all the uh, installations for the uh, PPA on uh, a uh, Ubuntu 20.04 machine, and then you do sudo apt install uh, chirp dash daily, and it says no target for that uh, release. Yeah, because they probably haven't set up a uh, target for Focal yet. So if it's not in the PPA repo, you can't build against it. You'd have to uh, tag it with uh, one of the other versions. Yeah, I know uh, VirtualBox just finally uh, went through today. Yeah, this is the issue with using PPAs in general, and you know, especially when you switch versions. Uh, not everybody is currently building against that version, and if there are like packages already in the repo for some of that stuff, those are normally built by somebody else, not normally the author. The PPAs are generally done by the author themselves or by the team, you know, running that software package. So, yeah, they're always slightly delayed getting those build targets out because they're not, at, you know, actively doing the builds for a system that doesn't exist yet. So I've always noticed that it's like about a month or two months, depending upon the project, before you'll start to see uh, um, sources for that. So uh, that's that's primarily why when you do a do release upgrade and you go to a new version, it pretty much comments all those out because it assumes they're not going to work. Yeah, gotcha. Well, I'm not running it on my deployment machine yet. All right. Okay, well, with that, we should probably bring this one to a close. It's been good. We've had a lot of good discussion, got a lot of interesting topics out there. There'll be lots of resources in the show notes to check out and things to try if you haven't tried some of these things already. And as far as Chirpin's concerned, it's one of the topics that we want to cover as a deep dive. I'm just having trouble getting anyone from the Chirp project to actually come on the show and talk about it. So if I can actually make that happen, then we can talk about the builds against Focal Fossa, even though that's probably out of the purview of the actual developer, but it's something we can bring up. And in the meantime, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. So let's say uh, adieu to all the folks who are with us tonight. Hutch, thanks for joining us tonight from the internet poor Gosport, Indiana. <laughs> Might be internet dead Gosport in the end at this point. Yeah, at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You, you go. More crickets. <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. There is. That was Tony. Oh, that was Tony. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Hutch, thanks for being here. Always great when you show up, and um, we hope to get out to Indiana again very soon. And see you. Yep. And maybe we'll even be able to talk to you mobile <laughs> the next time we go out there. So. <laughs> Uh, and also, Don, thanks again for uh, joining us for live chat. Always good to have you in the chat room, and thanks for all the great information about satellite work. Uh, thank you for having me anytime. And Dan, thanks for coming on, chatting with us, talking about MCOM and projects you got going on. Always good to hear about things people are doing. Well, thanks for having us on. And Tony. Uh, we've been talking to you a lot, sort of offline, but it's good to talk to you again. And uh, I know you're a real fan of All Star Link and 220 megahertz operation because <laughs> you're just a weirdo. But thanks for being here anyway. Uh, come on now, use it or lose it. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be the person who single handedly saves 1.25 centimeters? That's the plan. Okay. <laughs> Very good. So, anyway. Thanks for the folks who joined us here, and I'll just go through the list again. Uh, this will include everybody who was in the live chat voice and also the live chat chat. 
We had Bill, Whiskey Charlie 3 Bravo, Tony, KM4HSD, Hutch, K9KJN, Don, KC9ZMY, Paul, KE5WMA, Dan, KF5TQN, Ted, WA0EIR, Don, KB2YSI, and Darren, VK6EK. Thanks to everybody. I think we had a good discussion tonight about projects, amateur radio, open source, and otherwise. We hope you have a great week. And we will catch up with you on the next short topic episode, episode number 347, which will be next Monday. And uh, I think we're about down to the end of the show. Mm-hmm. We've got the, got the feedback wrapped up. We got the voicemail. Yay, voicemail. Yay. And uh, we had a good discussion. So we'll talk to you all again soon. Thanks for being here. This has been episode number 346 of Linux in the Hamshack. I'm Russ K5TUX. I'm Cheryl W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. For listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8 pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at urlbctsinfo LHS Live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or ham Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism.
Linux in the Hamshack and the Linux in the Hamshack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.